Welcome to the CBIA BizCast, powered by Google. I'm your host, Allie Warshawski, and today on our podcast, um, I feel like this one might be a little bit more comedic than a few others because we are joined by a mother and son duo, Adam DeJulius and Capri Burgenti. They are the people behind Oma's Pride and Miller Farms, really, which was founded in the 1950s. They're a family-run business, and I have so many questions on how they keep the dynamic together. I mean, sometimes just sitting at the dinner table with your family can get a little bit crazy, let alone they gave themselves a look uh, just running a business together. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. This is great to be together and be able to share a little bit about what we do. Yeah, I mean, you have an interesting history. You know, if you do look up Miller Farms, it says that you at first were selling eggs door to door. And I believe that was founded in the 1950s. So let's go back all the way. I know neither of you were around them in the 1950s and talk about, you know, how how almost pride really got its start and Miller Farms got its start. Sure. So this is, I love this part of it, um, which is really the legacy of the history, how we got here, right? So 1950, our grandparent, my grandparents, Evan's great-grandparents, um, purchased a farm in Avon, and that's a small farm next to the governor's horse guard. And uh, they had their two young daughters, um, Sandy and Cal, and brought them along and uh, really, honestly, had nothing at the farm. It was very, you know, basic, a basic barn. And above the barn uh, was chicken. So there's some eggs. So my grandmother uh, really was quite entrepreneurial. She was, she was the one, my grandfather at the time, I believe it was driving school bus, um, just to kind of make ends meet. And she took those eggs door to door. So she was really like very uh, progressive that way, I thought. So she had all of her accounts all over Avon and it evolved from there. I mean, you know, it went from there to to a bit of a um, more of a farm type of feel where they were raising about 14,000 turkeys. Even as a kid, I was out there with my grandparents with these 14,000 turkeys and the whole routine. Um, and that became a big part about what, of what we did. But they were also in the 80s, a large food service distribution company. So that um, was something through New England that uh, my grandfather, grandmother, aunt, mother, father, uncle, everybody that had their hand in it really helped to uh, grow. And it was a fairly large company and grandparents died uh, young. And unfortunately, uh, that changed pretty significantly. So that's really the, the history of how they got started, I guess you would say. Um, but it's always been food. So pet food, which we'll talk about a little bit later, obviously, um, the pet food was a natural progression and transition into another type of business, um, which they hadn't uh, ever entered into before. And it, and it was really like, it was quite cutting edge at the time because it was 20 plus years ago. So can't wait to share that. Well, Capri, um, you know, I'll ask you first, because you mentioned running around with these turkeys, you know, when you were running around with the 14,000 turkeys on the farm, were you like, I think this is is where I belong. I'm going to start running this business someday or help run it. Or did you have dreams of doing that? Did you you know, how did you end up in the family business? You know, it's funny, not many people have ever asked me the question. It's really is a good question, right? So I was in the business. My grandmother died. She owned a transportation company as well. Miller Transportation, which was special ed. We had a contract with the town of Avon for decades. And I honestly came in, I I was in my early 20s and they needed help. And I just said, sure, I'll do it. 
And so that's when I got started in that. And I really was not involved in the food business really at all. Um, and I ran that uh, for uh, quite a few years, I guess almost 10 years. And then I have my boys. So I have four sons and I stepped out of that. Um, and I stepped back in at a time uh, when my life was in a bit of transition. I had had a stroke. So I don't usually throw that out there, but it happened. And it was really kind of a tipping point to my life. And I went back into the family business. I honestly, it wasn't something that I thought I would do, but I did know early on that my grandfather was very good about training me to run the business. He was really like worked on the business and he had everyone else in our family working in the business, which was very different. And I learned a lot from him every day after school. I would literally hang out with him every day after school and we made dinner together at night. It's very interesting dynamic having a grandfather like that. I had working women in my life. So I always felt that it was a strong um, you know, connection to working as women. And I had an opportunity to be home with my kids for quite some time, which I loved. And then I was ready to get back in. So I didn't expect to do this in my life, but I am so grateful that I have. And it's been amazing. And then Adam, you have a little bit of a different path. It looks like you spent quite a few years in insurance and now you're sitting next to your mom helping uh, run this company. You know, what persuaded you to get into the family business? You know, it's interesting, right? So, so mama talked about growing up uh, on the family farm, um, spending a lot of time with her grandparents. Uh, my life was a little bit different. We helped out a ton growing up, uh, helping out, especially around the holidays. I remember little kids, you know, breaking down hundreds or thousands of boxes and every summer working, uh, whether it was on a, the trucks that we had on the property, uh, helping out in the garage or uh, in the um, uh, any part of the facility. Uh, but that was always a, a part of who we were, but we grew up away from it. Um, and so I went down a, what I'll call a more traditional path and um, went to University of Hampshire and then uh, finished up my school at UConn, which I'm very proud of. Um, and, and worked and did what, you know, a lot of folks in, in Connecticut do, you go to UConn and, and then you go work in insurance. I had a really good experience uh, at the Hartford for uh, close to a decade uh, on and off. I also worked for Accenture as a management consultant for a bit. Uh, and and I, as I was wrapping up my MBA and kind of thinking about what I was going to do next, uh, it was an interesting time in the family business, right? Folks were uh, nearing retirement um, and the business was also growing in a unique way with our, our pet food in the direct consumer space. Um, so, uh, I, I knew, you know, uh, in your heart, right. And the work that gives you meaning, um, and you, I knew in a way that this was something that was always pulling at me. And if there was ever a time, uh, there was just some sort of serendipitous, uh, sort of happenings that brought it together. And, and mom and I uh, have always, uh, worked well together, um, and saw things, uh, mostly through the same light and at least have the same sort of drive, which is, I think, unique and something you need. Uh, so the timing was right, and my wife was very supportive, and so I took the leap uh, about three years ago. I uh, came into the business, and and uh, like mom said, she she had this um, training from uh, her grandfather, really, how to look at the business and solve business problems. I had a little bit different training, though I grew up in it. My grandmother, Sandy, who recently passed, um, and she was sort of like the godmother of this pet food, she uh, she would certainly talk to me a ton as a little kid, and uh, and we, you know, had me experience a lot of different things. Um, and learn the business that way, I had more of a traditional training, right? Through, through schooling, through an MBA, uh, through corporate culture um, and, and through, through consulting. So uh, able to bring sort of what I'll call my, my mother's uh, like roll up her sleeves, like get the work done um, sort of uh, training and energy 
uh, and then my a, a little more formalized training together is, has created uh, an interesting dynamic that I think is serving That's the great. business really well. Yeah, you have the perfect combination of someone who grew up on this farm and learned from the original stakeholders in it, and then you have someone who can maybe modernize your business a little bit to make it grow. So what a good dynamic. I have to ask before we get into the uh, more about the pet food and um, being recognized by the Hartford Business Journal, uh, how is it differently? I mean, because you were at the Hartford, which by the way, my mom worked there. We'll have to chat later and see if um, she was your boss. <laughs> but, um, you know, how is it been working in a corporate environment like that to working with a family member, do you find your t um, yourself biting your tongue more or maybe less? Do you feel like you're able to actually really share? Whereas if it was a corporate boss, maybe you nod and smile a little bit more. How does it work? Uh, I think if you ask any anyone that I work for in corporate, uh, they would have thought that this would have been a good fit for me. Uh, I am, uh, I, I have a, a, a personality where I'm probably best served uh, leading a directive or initiative, which is why I think I really thrived in kind of internal consulting roles, did a lot of Lean Six Sigma work or, or process ownership alignment to a specific task, ownership of that thing and a, and a, a mandate to improve it. So um, I, I think that I knew that this was a place that would, I would probably be served well by if the culture was accepting uh, of the way that I work, right? I know that I also found corporate um, to be, again, an incredible learning experience uh, and a way for me to learn structure, which was fantastic. Um, I have nothing you know, bad to say about my experience. I really was appreciative of it. Uh, but I knew that this was sort of where uh, I was meant to be uh, in terms of you know, my ability to kind of spread my wings, much, much to my mother's credit. Um, and my, I'll, I'll say my ops credit and some of the other family members, uh, they, they know who I am uh, and, and they, they know how probably I function best. And coming in, I tried to take the first, you know, six or so months to learn the business as best I could. Uh, and then they've been nothing of supportive of, of what uh, I've tried to do and tried to bring to the table um, and, and probably listen when, when sometimes uh, the, the approach was a little bit different than had been in the past. So uh, <laughs> I, I'd say maybe I, I should, my brother may argue, I should probably bite my tongue a little bit more, uh, but yeah. I've been appreciative of, of the opportunity to flex my wings. And I think that's probably uh, made me better and, and made our business better, I think. And how many, so, you know, you mentioned that you have siblings, how many um, of your siblings and, and total family members Capri are, are working there? So right now it's Adam and I. Okay. You know, we are, so what happened was at one time we actually had 11. Wow. Which is a significant number. I mean, that's um, Thanksgiving. That, <laughs> that was an interesting dynamic then. That really was. That was that was a time where we're at kind of at a tipping point, right? Where people were coming in. And um, right now it's, it's Adam and I. So Nick had worked with us for seven years, really. Uh, that's my oldest son, helped to uh, bring our e-commerce along and really uh, grow that aspect of our business, which is something new and different than we had before, right? I've had cousins, major contributions. So many people have made contributions. It's hard to, you know, I don't want to get into each person, obviously, would be our <laughs> 11 people. But the reality is, is that, um, you know, this is a really amazing dynamic for Adam and I, because I am so appreciative of the fact that he has chosen this. The one thing that I did learn through all of the different programs I've done with family business and whether it's CBIA or Hartford Business Journal or UConn School of Business, family business, is that people have to really want this. This is a life you choose. 
This is not always, this is, it, you, it weighs heavy. It's a heavy on you because you are responsible for not only everyone in their jobs and their families, right? So the people that all of our teams are around 40 people, right? In addition to our entire family and then upholding a legacy. That's mm -hmm. not an easy, that's not easy. And it's not for the faint of heart, right? So Adam is the greatest example of taking what he learned from his experience mm -hmm. out there in corporate, all his training, all his education, his absolute feisty, hard driven, <laughs> like personality that pushes me in a really good direction. So he pushes me and then I push him in other ways, right? So we, that, I think that's um, really amazing to see like how we transition to two family members. Like we have, you know, our ambassadors, my aunt and uncle and cousins have participated in projects and sort of things like that. But honestly, it's the day-to-day -day, uh, that Adam and I run. So I'm really grateful for that. And you probably got some of that feistiness from you anyway, right? With oh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> sure did. And to be fair, she, she likely inherited that from, from her mother who probably oh, yeah. was feistier than, than probably all of us combined. Who sounds amazing. I mean, to be an entrepreneur really in that era is unheard of, especially for women, I should say more, you know, men had an e a little bit of an easier time, but for her to be doing these eggs and dropping them off and running a bus company, I mean, that is just inspirational. And I can only imagine, like you said, now you have the pressure of upholding a legacy and, and the family name is on it. So you, you don't want to mess it up, but you're not, right? You're, you're doing great. Again, you were just honored by the Harper Business Journal um, for being a family-run business and, and owned business. And you have Oma's Pride, which you mentioned, felt like a natural progression for you. So let's dive into Oma's Pride. Um, it's an all-natural pet food brand. So let's start there. What does that mean? I mean, you can walk through cover your ears, but pet smart, right? And you'll see labels on these, these um, bags, but all natural to you means something different. You're on this farm making this product, correct? We are. So we're still in Avon making this product, which is pretty amazing. Um, same exact piece of land where, where we grew these turkeys, right? So this was, um, so almost pride. Let's talk about that. But I do want to just say thank you to the Hartford Business Journal because we were honored as a family business, yes, but specifically my aunt got a Lifetime Achievement Award. So Auntie Cal getting a Lifetime Achievement Award, giving your entire life to this. My mother and my aunt literally worked on the farm and never left. My aunt went off to college, get a degree, which is incredible at that time, came back and still did this their entire lifetimes. This is the only work they ever did, right? I've had a chance to do other things. Adam certainly had a chance to do other things. Other family members have, but that's lifetime achievement. That's, that's giving your all, right? So what happened was I had mentioned um, in the past about how we were a food distribution company and that food distribution company shrunk pretty dramatically after my uh, grandparents passed and they weren't really in transition. People were, we had a small market in the front of our our property. People are coming in, buying kind of bones, some items that might have been for pets or soup, depending on who they were, right? Um, because we had this great premium product that we still have that we still distributed just on a smaller scale than we had done before. But um, my mother's dog, Harley, was, was sick and she was really a dog lover. She, the, Honey was their first dog that was on the farm, lived to, I don't know, some crazy number of 19 or something, um, literally living out of a chicken coop, right? So 
my um, my mother, when she had the sick dog that had all these hot spots, and she was feeding a premium kibble, she was up in the woods of Otis, Mass, with really healthy air, water, all of that, and the and dogs were getting very sick, and and she was seeing it around her, and she was like, she was an outside the box, she was very like very dynamic, really like unique personality, but intelligent, super intelligent. And she was, you know, she calls it her roadkill. Adam doesn't love that I uh, may say this as part of the story. It's not exactly smooth, but it is the truth, right? She's driving up Route 8 and she sees, and she, and she knows foxes, wolves, all of that are living, right? These foxes are living for God knows how long. And she believed that it was the food. And so she really delved into that. And then that's how Oma's Pride really, uh, got started. So there's recipes that were created. So we have family recipes now that are, you know, decades old and we, and we stay true to that. It's a super premium, all natural product. So all natural means that there's no additives, preservatives, anything, there's hormones, all of that is we do our best to keep um, all of the premium products in our food, all USA sourced uh, that we can in any possible way. Um, you know, it is all very unique uh, to us. A lot of um, a lot of people do things differently. We we have not. We have stayed true to this tradition that we have and how these recipes were created. And it's just expanded to different markets. That's really what it is. We we do expand the product line. We've yeah. entered into some completes and things that are different than we had in the past. But other than that, it's still very. Uh, very real, very natural. And just um, what you see is what you get. You'll see, you know, it's raw meat. That's what it is. Raw meat, bones and, and vegetables, and it's ground and it's packaged and it's fed raw. And Adam, you know, this is something that when you guys did enter this space, it was a little bit more new and revolutionary. Um, there's other products coming on the market that are probably, you know, your competitors. Now, how do you stay, um, in the game of, of creating this dog food, uh, especially with, um, well, I should say pet food, but w with the competition starting to grow. Yeah. So, so for, for me, from like, uh, uh, as a business person, it's an interesting thing, right? So, uh, I have a, a little puppy Lincoln. He's my best friend in the whole world. Uh, he's a 12 pound cavapoo. Never thought I would say that. Uh, <laughs> I have a cavapoo, so I, I feel you, they, uh, they capture your hearts, even um, though Unbelievable. So uh, for, uh, as a business person, it's an interesting thing, right? So uh, I also like, it, you know, it isn't just nostalgia that pulls you uh, off a career path that you've given a lot of time and energy effort and effort into. It's not just legacy, right? Uh, and it's certainly not quality of life. Um, mm -hmm. as, as Capri said, uh, as mom said, we call it Capri at work. Uh, is, you've got <laughs> to look at this. You have to choose this thing. Otherwise, it feels like an obligation. So fortunately, with my time away, Right. I look at this really every day uh, and nearly every day as opportunity, right, at versus obligation. So we have what I've always thought was a terrific product, right? Like Capri said, raw human grade, all of our stuff. It is a clear differenti differentiator in a USDA uh, inspected facility, which is an incredible rarity in, in pet food. We're at the very front end of the market, the bleeding edge, probably ahead of the market uh, for, for a good period of mm -hmm. time. Uh, but it's raw meat, bones, organs, and vegetables, ground, anyone worth their salt, veterinarians, uh, breeders will tell you that uh, bar none, this is the best, healthiest way to feed your pet. It is not convenient. Packaging for, for a long time wasn't uh, as nice as it probably, certainly as nice as, as what kibble and other, other items were offering. But the product was solid. 
uh, you know, most business folks will tell you, uh, you can have, be a great marketer, uh, you can have a great spot in the market, um, you can have beautiful packaging, you can do a, you can tell a good story, but if your product isn't great, uh, you're not going to have staying power. We had that. So the idea was, how can we improve the rest of our business? How can we tell our story effectively? And how can we improve our product offering to meet different parts of the market? Capri's done a fantastic job. She leads all of our uh, all of our procurement and manufacturing, and I sort of lead the rest of the business. So she makes sure that we have uh, uncompromised product relationships uh, through sourcing that we've had for, for literally decades. Um, at, uh, access to markets we probably shouldn't have. Um, so I say all that to say what we do is we stick to the basics. We do a really good job. We improve our packaging. Uh, we do a better job telling our story. A new website will actually is being rebuilt and rolled out uh, and probably in the next month and a half. Um, but what we've also done is find spots in the market that appreciate our product, um, uh, specialty pet stores, um, specialized breeders, um, the right folks uh, in a direct consumer model that want to participate um, and not only do we offer the basics, like I said, uncompromised, but we expand what we call complete diets, which are really what most kibbles are. So mm -hmm. we invest in the time and the energy and the science to make sure we're providing the same things, but complete diets meet different parts of the market, revolutionize our packaging, stay true to who we are with the basics, right? Uncompromised quality, uh, human grade stuff, things that you and I could eat if it wasn't for, for bone in the product. Um, uh, but we try to tell our story uh, in a modern way, providing a level of service that a premium customer expects. And, you know, you answered a lot of this in that answer, just saying how you guys are staying relevant in the website redesign and looking for the markets where you fit. Um, so in 10 years, uh, I'll ask this to Capri, where do you see this business? I loved that question. I was like, 10 years, I'm going to be near 70. So yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see where Adam's taking this. Business, right? <laughs> like, I'll be on the beach somewhere, but, Adam, okay, let me know. <laughs> but you know, there is no, I mean, we're in different times. I mean, the reality is we're in very different times. And, and I think that maybe that question pre pandemic may have looked even different, right? But we don't know where we'll be, but we do know that what we've done decade after decade is reinvent. So there will be some reinvention. We are in, we do food well, right? We probably picked the hardest business. I've always said it is the toughest business that I can think of to be in, in terms of where we are today. We're in food, which is obviously skyrocketed. We are in transportation with diesel fuel. We are in plastics to package. We are in labor-intensive product. It's not all automated, so it's it's really hands-on. But we do provide great opportunity in our family business for many people. Right? We do a lot of um, we we just do a lot to really support uh, people in our community in all different ways. Um, but ten years from now, we I'd love to be sitting here and saying this is you know here we are now. I think there's so much more that we can do in the pet food space, but we always look for things that come up as well because there is reinvention. Like we created years ago, a couple of decades ago, they created like home delivery for food. Didn't exist. They were too far ahead of the market. Yeah. Didn't even take off. Didn't work. Meanwhile, we had trans we had vehicles, we had food, we had every reason to believe that that was something that would work. 
But timing is, there's a lot to timing, right? And we don't know what this next decade is going to look like, but we do know that we're giving everything we have now to be sure that this legacy lives on, whether it's pet food, we still do our turkeys, we gift to food share, we did thousands and thousands of turkeys that helped families last year. So we still stay relevant in so many different ways, but I'm sure there'll be a great twist and I can't wait to hear about it. 10 years from now, I will be listening to a podcast that Adam will be on and maybe he'll ask me for uh, to, to join. So we'll have to see, but um, I think there's so much, so many opportunities in 10 years. We, we really are focused on, on quite honestly on the now and, and being successful in what we do and still providing this amazing quality out there to many different markets that haven't had the opportunity to get our food before. When you brought up a good point, um, you know, so much of CBIA's focus right now is how do we, uh, how do businesses survive with inflation, with transportation issues because of um, the supply chain lockups and and the supply chain itself? You know, how are you guys faring with all the things you just mentioned, and and also with workers? Uh, it's so tough to find someone like as you mentioned. Not everyone wants to be on their feet working all day now that there's remote opportunities. You know, how are you guys? Uh, surviving and thriving over there. Adam will be able to answer this very well because he does a fantastic job at this center in Bristol and mm -hmm. Bristol is a unique uh, place. So he'll, he'll share the story on that end. And, and Avon's a little bit different, but I, I love the, um, the opportunities here in Bristol. City of Bristol has been really supportive to us. Uh, we, you know, we try to embrace, we opened up this facility uh, just after I got here a little while after I got here about three years ago, uh, distribution center here with manufacturing Avon. Uh, the city's been incredibly supportive of us getting into this space, of us growing our space, of us investing in the space, which we've done pretty considerably, uh, wrapping up a, a freezer build right now, um, several thousand square feet of uh, freezer space. Um, but uh, we, we try, we recruit from the communities we're in. Uh, when folks are in, we, we provide them a fair living wage. Uh, and then we also give folks opportunity. Um, you know, we're, we're, it's a demanding environment. Um, that's very clear. Uh, but uh, when folks... Yeah, when folks get in, um, whether it's through an internship program uh, with UConn, which we've been very successful with, um, UConn uh, Family Business Program uh, has been great with us. Uh, we There is a, a, a town program, I believe it's sponsored through the, through the United Way. Mm -hmm. uh, we actually have high school interns that come, and then those are actually, uh, many of those folks come back. This year, we have several that came back outside of the program uh, for, for summer hire. Um, uh, we, there's a variety of programs that we try to tap into to, to um, bring folks in that maybe haven't had opportunities before or haven't had opportunities in the workplace, uh, train them, right? Give them, give them a chance to, to operate kind of in what we call like meritocracy, right? You put in, it doesn't matter what you did before. You, if you do good work and you show up and you have positive attitude, give folks chances to grow. And, and most of our hires, um, whether as we continue all the way up until like, like leading RIT, uh, our folks that started with us through an internship program, uh, through a high school hire program um, with no experience and, and, and did a good job learning and growing and saying, hey, I can, this is not just a job, but I can have a career here that has real legs to it and something I can feel real proud about. I love that. I am such a proponent of internships because one, through this podcast, I've heard such a similar answer of with recruiting a lot of the people that, you know, you're successful at recruiting have worked there before and they're back for a reason, right? They, they liked the environment, they know it. And, you know, I was an intern at uh, WNPR years 
years ago. And they ended up hiring me back when I lost my job to the pandemic. And it's just those connections are so important. And, um, and uh, I was able to grow right from an intern into someone who was a reporter. And I think that um, when companies invest in internships, it really is them investing in their future. Um, my, well, actually I have two more questions. One, it seems like everyone, including myself, got a dog during the pandemic. Did that help your business at all? It did. I mean, um, it's interesting. People, I think what they did, which has been very helpful, is they had more time to research. So I think pre people have really um, embraced having dogs as a family member. We were just talking about this this morning. And they really are part of your family. You know, they're not, they're not the dog that's outside in a, in a dog house. I mean, literally on your bed, it's at your kitchen table. As a matter of fact, I was out to dinner uh, the other night and there was a table of six at a very uh, nice space. And there was a dog sitting at the table. I was like, <laughs> this world has really come a long way. But oh. in terms of our business, I think it's been great to be able to get our, our e-commerce had a spike, obviously, during pandemic. Um, and it was a great opportunity to still be able to get the product right to someone's doorstep. Obviously, all these e-commerce had expanded during that time, but we still see that that's um, really helpful to people, folks that want uh, more of a selection as well, because we have a massive selection on our e-commerce site. So we're able to get people, uh, their product to their door, of course, uh, dog ownership. But I think it's more about whether it was uh, people got them more, more of them during the pandemic. I think what it did was literally allowed them to sit back, have a little bit more time to decide what kind of food they wanted to feed their dog. More importantly, right? It's one thing to get a dog and it's another thing to you know, train a dog. There's all aspects of having this new pet in your life, but to treat it as a family member and feed it so well to me is pretty pretty incredible. I mean, we're, we're very fortunate that that's the space we're in. I mean, that's what we do. That's what was the hope of my mother when she created and helped to create this food with our family business here that people would have an opportunity to feed their dogs so they could live long and happy lives. I mean, I had a Shih Tzu that, that I adopted at age 12 that lived to 20. Wow. Crazy. We just transitioned her immediately at 12 and 20 years old. And she was, I, I mean, it was shocking. So that's been kind of a nice, um, that's a real story. Like people create certain things and you can do all kinds of marketing and marketing is beautiful and it's fancy, but to have the actual story of the real dogs that have, that have grown up in our family, honey, that was in the you know, Barn and Miss B and, you know, she's the Shih Tzu. And now Adam has, um, and we have another, we have many, you know, can't, can't forget to mention Dallas. We have many, many grand dogs here, many grand dogs. So um, very fortunate though. Yeah. Dogs are more than dogs now. They are part of the family. There's no Snoopy with the dog house outside. The dog is in bed with you. They tell you when to wake up. Um, Mine runs our household, that's for sure. All right, my last question, Adam, this is a tough one here. Um, what do you think is the most important thing you've learned from your mom? Ooh. Ooh. Um, I didn't send this one ahead of time. I really wanted no, a candid answer. I don't know that I don't know if this is the answer that she'll love, but I, I think the <laughs> firm, uh, but we are, if nothing else, honest. honest. Uh, I I think my mother has taught me a uh, a, a level of uh, caring and tenacity uh, that I think um, has served me very, very well. So uh, she's she has all of her boys in different ways, uh, but given us a, a confidence. 
uh, and a, a tenacity to go after things that, um, that, we, uh, that we want. Um, and, and I don't mean uh, to go out and ask for them, but uh, uh, my brothers and I, I think part of our family value that started with uh, Oma and Pa, our great grandparents, uh, then on to, and I, you could say the same for a lot of my family and on to our, our uh, grandmother, Sandy, um, and, and on to mom uh, is a work ethic, right? Is if you really want something, uh, is if you believe in something, uh, don't stop, um, put, put your foot on the gas, keep going, no means not yet, or, or try another way. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't get deterred, we stick to the goal. The plan may adjust, but the goal never does. Uh, and mm -hmm. so that's something that I think my mother's done a great job and not just like teaching us and telling us, but then showing us. Uh, she went back to school uh, when we were in uh, to finish her college degree. When we were in high school, we actually graduated, I think the same year, uh, I graduated college, well, I, but- I, I graduated first. <laughs> no, she did, yeah, she was sorry. I, I was like insisting. It, it, it might have been a year before. Yeah. Uh, but she, uh, every night she was in, in a little office in the front of our house working diligently and I would it was inspiring to I think all of us especially at the age that I was at so she just taught us to go after it don't be afraid to continue people say no that's a crazy idea if you have confidence in it it's well thought out uh don't take your foot off the gas so that's what we try to teach here we teach that to our interns uh we teach that to our staff uh even if folks say you, you start out on the warehouse floor uh and you have a desire to work in IT or you have a desire to get into sales that or a desire to do whatever uh that 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 what you've done before doesn't matter. Where, how it all mm -hmm. came to be and where you got to where you are doesn't matter. What you do today, what you do tomorrow, the unwavering work ethic, that's what really matters. So I think that tenacity, that confidence, uh, my mother did a great job instilling in us, perhaps sometimes it's a rational confidence, uh, but I think you find with yeah. most family business owners um, uh, and, and most small business owners uh, that you have to have a little bit of that uh, sort of uh, uh, irrationality to help you push through uh, what sometimes are, are near impossible odds. And we've done that over the past couple of years. Um, and, and it's something we're pretty proud of. So thank you, Mom. Well, thank you, Adam. Oh, well, that was a, a great answer. I'm sure you're proud of that and, and very inspirational. I feel like people who are listening to this are going to be like, you know what? No means not yet. And I've got this, my foot's on the gas pedal. I do have to laugh because I think my dog does believe that when I say no, it means not yet. That's so right. like, she's barking. <laughs> it will mean. I'm sure. And you know what? The, the best thing is, is there's, there's no easy way, right. To, mm -hmm. to do things. You do have to work hard. There is, there is no um, lack of, of effort here. And I think that, you know, having, uh, watching these boys develop in all different ways and different types of educations, different, different ways of learning. I really am very, um, I'm very honored that they have all contributed in some way, shape or form. And Adam happens to be uh, with me at this particular point by choice. And I think that's a beautiful story. Like you, you, in a family business, you want people to be part of your business by choice. It, it must be exactly what they choose to do each and every day and, and, and know that there's going to be some dynamics, right, that, that come up. But we, um, I'm so happy to be able to work with Adam. It's just, it's a lot of fun. So thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for coming on. This was so enjoyable. You can tell that you have had your own podcast because of how conversational you are. And also we're hoping that 
Adam's son, although only a few weeks old now, you know, maybe in the next 20 years, he's taking Adam's job. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got to get in pretty soon. He's got to do boxes. He's got to do some packing. Yeah, there's plenty, there's plenty to do. Four years old. He'll be on that farm. How old till he can like stand, and, like use his hands and work appropriately <laughs> with others? And she's like, can you just warm up the bottle, please? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Labor laws too. Look those up just in case. <laughs> he's fine. He's it's fine. good for him. Uh, well, it's been such a pleasure talking to you guys. Uh, we will definitely be following up with you just to see your progress, maybe around Thanksgiving, because uh, I know you guys are known for your turkeys and that might be an interesting time to stop by. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. We really appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Sally. Tons of fun. And thanks for listening to this week's BizCast sponsored by Google. You can listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, on YouTube, SoundCloud, and also you can head on over to CBIA.com.